The crowd is roaring and the pressure is on. All pro basketball. Welcome to Nostalgia, a chronological exploration of every NES game released in North America. I'm Mike. I'm Sean. And I'm Joe. Today begs the serious question, uh, just in the title alone, can it really be all pro basketball if the teams and players are fictitious? (laughs) They could be fictitious professionals, though. Yeah, I guess I have no um, arguments about the concept of them being professionals in maybe... Maybe that's the name of the league, right? Like, maybe it's the All-Pro Basketball League. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, and you know, and they're just the players uh, of that league, and we just don't know them because they're not from our universe. Yes. This is, uh, right. this is in the Watchmen universe, actually. And <laughs> inside that league, what the hell is going on with those team names? You don't like the New York Slicks? So the New York Slicks, right? Fun, funny wordplay, right? I, I like that funny wordplay on New York Knicks. Then Chicago Zephyrs, uh, no reference to bowls at all in that. So not not sure what what the what the joke is there. <laughs> then then the Boston Redcoats. Um, the Redcoats were the guys who the Boston people were fighting. Yeah, that, I feel like that would offend many a Bostonite. And is it supposed to sound like the Red Sox? Like, that kind of kind of sounds like just, it. There's mixing sports now. Yeah, that must have been what it was. Um, I, I think the Redcoats one is the biggest defender. But even <laughs> then, they get lazy, and there's the Seattle Sonics, which they just removed Super <laughs> from the team name, the, the Seattle Super Sonics basketball team. They just said, "Oh, well, if we get rid of Super, right?" At that point, just call it, um, you know, the New York Knacks, right? Like the Knack is back, baby. Big I, I feel like the the New York Slicks is just as like as is just as close as New York Knacks. <laughs> yeah, I think you could it's do that enough. though. New York Knacks, Chicago Balls, Ooh. Boston <laughs> Celtics. <laughs> well, that's really what they are, right? Celtics, Celtics. You could well, you're supposed works, to say right? Celtics, but right. Yeah. Uh, other ones, I guess I might as well mention them since we're bringing them all up. Los Angeles Breakers instead of Lakers, which makes more sense. Love it. Um, Dallas Stallions instead of Dallas Mavericks. That works too, yeah. Phoenix Wings instead of Phoenix Suns. Now, Phoenix Wings is a great name. Don't get me wrong, okay? Like, I I appreciate that team name. Again, Phoenix Suns, they're like, you know, they're they're still doing the same thing, the Phoenix pun, right? But, like, just different types of Phoenix. Okay, so this is... Maybe it's a reference to Icarus. (laughs) That's a reference to Phoenix. with his wings (laughs) too close to the sun. Yeah, but it's got to somehow connect to the sun. Uh, Okay. I I love what Joe just did there. (laughs) Wow, Like, I get that Phoenix have wings, but, yeah. Man, the Watchmen universe is lit. (laughs) (laughs) I've never even read Watchmen. Yeah, it's whatever. Um, uh, but the the fact that the 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 Phoenix Wings and the Los Angeles Breakers are are better names than their actual real counterparts, like the 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 Phoenix Suns, it's just it sounds like oh you know it's really hot out all the time. Whereas there's no wordplay with with their city name, and and the Lakers, that's that's an old holdover from Minnesota. They just and there's no there's no lakes in L.A. It's it's crazy. It's wild. But L.A. is in lakes. Ah, the Lalas. 
This is a five-player full-length <laughs> basketball court game, um, but a little bit of a twist on the full-length part, right? It's not. It's not actually a full-length basketball court. The game has a interesting uh, technical workaround for that. Sean, do you want to walk us through what that what that caveat is? Yeah. So um, it only ever wants you to play uh, from a perspective from half court to the net on the top of the screen. So anytime you cross uh, the center line, uh, you're going to get a little black screen and a second and a half delay where the game just flips everything around, flips the color of the um, the, the actual color of the court and, and changes the, the, the team name. And now that is the other side of the court. Um, and it's it's definitely an experience. Yeah, I don't. I don't even know if you can possibly describe it and have it have it translate to just how jarring it is <laughs> when, when you're playing. Like it is. It is. It, it it fades black. Your player that you have selected that has usually has the ball. Um, just like zooms over to the other side, like to the equip to the mirror side of where it would be if you were to suddenly flip it, and then it fades back in, and you're going the other direction. It actually shows the warp for some players. <laughs> yeah, and it's not even like a perspective shift shift where like you see it rotate, which would probably be hard for them to do. But it's just like even more confusing because it's like yeah, you know in your head that like oh, okay, this is showing that it rotating, but it just looks like you zoom across the court and everyone's like ch- changed positions. Like your brain isn't wired to recognize that as like oh we're just looking from the other angle now. Right, but the the turnover to the other half of the court is not a insignificant amount of time spent for that change either. It's it's almost like a a loading screen in yeah. a console that doesn't have loads. Uh, it takes a a significant amount of fade out and fade back in to resume action. And, uh, you know, just think about it's almost in in some ways it's like a stuttering uh, action. And that's true. And it is hard to get around. But the alternative, and I'm sure that they could have done it this way, is it just immediately flickers and it's the other screen. Like it just redraws it and there's no delay and you're just as confused and disjointed. Uh, I think... This is actually the lesser of two evils if they wanted to actually play it this way. I'd have to see it the other way. It does sound like this would be the lesser of two evils, but I, I think I assume that the that the reason for what they did here, that have like letting it fade out and having you see your player move to the other side is so you can have that like split second to like orient and be like, okay, I'm going this way now. That's definitely it. I don't think that works as well in practice as it as it does in theory, though. And I almost feel like maybe if I knew it was coming every time, I could just be ready to keep moving. Because I for because it, it it takes away everyone else on the screen, so I know where I am, but I've I can't I can't my brain can't place everybody else on the screen where they would be. So so like as soon as they pop up, I'm like oh I, all right, well they stole the ball because I didn't know they were right in front of me and I ran right into them. Like if it was just immediate and then I was expecting it, it would still be really really freaking difficult actually. So I don't know what I'm getting at here, but like it might be. It might be a little. I don't know if that's know. just like it would be too much for the uh, the console to handle to like transpose every sprite uh, at once. Yeah. But uh, I know exactly the feeling you're describing. Yeah, you know what they should have done actually. Now that I'm thinking about it, is just built the other half of the game <laughs> on the other side of the court. Well, Joe, <laughs> keep in mind, uh, you know, we have played full length ba- full basketball courts before. 
it's the perspective that is causing the issue here. Um, in double dribble, it was a full court where you never had to worry about the loading screen on the halfway mark. It was it was both sides. However, that game was playing from a um, a side perspective, so you were almost like a fan sitting in uh, in the bleachers, right? Whereas in this game, uh, because of the top down perspective of it, it they I can't imagine how you would feel controlling it when the hoop is you know like facing the other direction yeah yeah facing the other direction of which all play seems to be uh directed at you know there's a reason why as long as as long as and i get what you're saying but as long as you can see the net (laughs) well that's why is it any different Uh, you you either have um i forgot there was a game i forgot even what sport but there there was a sports game that had that weird confusing perspective shift where like where um it would be the net uh sort of falling away from the backcourt um and that's how you see the net like it doesn't make perspective sense but like it allows you to actually see the net and shoot it'll just be very confusing the other uh, the other way they could do it is to just show the back of the net and whoever is playing on that side is going to have a hard time um so it, this is and the other basketball the games that we've played from this perspective, just they made it just a half-court game, so they didn't have to worry about this. So they definitely painted themselves into a corner with this problem that they had to solve. Yeah, I mean, I guess I hadn't really thought about like the difference between like this and like Blades of Steel, which does go up and down, but but you need to see this tiny little net with the backboard, which is an important part of it as well. You can't just like erase the backboard. Yeah to you know i mean but it you can you could maybe cheat it to look clear <laughs> i mean you know and then you see through it like very clear and just like oh okay there's a backboard there i don't know maybe i'm maybe it's easier for me to just throw these ideas out there than for someone to actually program it but it feels like it would be worth <laughs> worth a shot i just think especially in top down games like even games that aren't sports games necessarily like in zelda right uh, just even the way dungeons are designed or or gameplay designs like yeah you can you can move south right or downwards on the screen but even the way that things are laid out it's like that's the exit point like you're always entering from either like north south east uh northeast or west after that like top down games just seem to have a more um following upstream uh, direction to them, especially in these earlier games. So maybe there is just like a challenge with perspective when the bottom half of the screen has to be what you're filling in. Yeah, and when when you're playing a Zelda or anything like that, like the action isn't happening at that point. Like whereas the net is where you're going to be focusing on. Uh, in Zelda, you're always sort of focusing on stuff that's in the center of the screen or near center. It it it's not. I believe it would have been a really weird experience that way, too. So this is five-player basketball. We've had double dribble, which was three-on-three, Jordan versus Bird, which was one-on-one, and Hoops, which had a one-on-one mode but also had a two-on-two mode. So we have never experienced, like, a, a doubles, really. Uh, this is Five players is what you're supposed to have in basketball. It didn't bother us at all in double dribble. If anything, it was fine because... Uh, of the uh, 2D elements of the game, uh, more more players might have been bad uh, for for the way that the game was playing out. 
five players here. Does it make a noticeable difference in in strategy or in realism or in like uh I guess I'm saying like did you utilize the extra players any more than you would have in say double dribble? So no. Uh, so in a like if I'm just looking at screenshots of a game, like oh yeah, that looks a lot more realistic. It's actually five on five basketball, and in any like one little moment, that's true. Um. But that, like, for, for the game to actually feel like the five on five was necessary, like, I would want to see, like, an actual, uh, like, strategy for basketball. Whereas in this, it's just a bigger crowd to pass through and more opportunities to get stolen from. So it, it, there's more hazards for sure, but it's, they're not playing basketball. There's no picks and rolls. There's no box outs. It's just they're chasing you and there's some defensemen that are staying behind to like just get in your way. Maybe this isn't necessarily an issue with the five on five nature of it, but, but it did seem to lend to add to my confusion a little more, there's just so much going on on the screen, especially not to keep coming back to this perspective shift, but that made if there were, if there were just, you know, six players uh, on the court at any time when that happened, it might be a little easier for me to kind of get my head around it when we when we switch to this other side of the court. But uh, when I first started, uh, well, I think it was my second game, I played the Slicks versus the Breakers, and uh, and their their unit their jerseys are like one of them has like a has like a orangish red uniform and the other one has like a brownish red uniform. <laughs> so I was very confused, and there's like a tiny little like same color as both uniforms one above the head of the player that you're controlling or arrow rather and i'm just like i'm like i don't know who i am or where i am or what like a lot of that got very confusing and i think if you thin to the herd of like how many um how many players are on there a little bit then that would that would maybe help if you're on the slick side of the court and you're playing um as them You've got your player in red on a background of red. You've got the red one above your head to make sure you know who you are. And then any the, the player that you're designated to pass to at any time has that red uh, arrow pointing down. So all you see is red. And this is exactly what you were saying. But it, like, it's impossible to play that way with, with just uh, when every piece of information just blurs together I like I was passing to no one. I was like trying to throw from half court. It was it was a very disorienting experience. Yeah, if anything the momentum of the gameplay relies on just you figuring out where you were once the fade out uh stops and then just kind of rushing the net. You're not thinking about like where's my team on the on the court like who should i who's open it's like there's not really like much time for that yeah. you know you might as well just keep trying to get the slam dunk like slam dunks are the way to score points in this game three pointers are you know are challenging probably on purpose they're not impossible they can be pulled off but for the most part it's just you and the computer rushing for possession of the ball and then immediately just making sure like who's blocking my path to the net and most likely the five players on your team and the five players on their team, most of them are doing very inconsequential things that might matter in a game where uh, momentum wasn't so quick, where like scoring points wasn't happening so fast and uh, play wasn't shifting so often. 
Yeah, and like that when I was kind of complaining about the AI earlier, but there is some like rudimentary uh like teammate AI. I, what like if you're rushing the net, like someone else will be there with you on the break. So if you wanted to pass, even though you have to kind of just stop where you're going and then pass, you can't like pass in stride. You can either pass or jump pass. Um so th- there's some of that, like th- so you, there is an outlet usually um, if you're being blocked entirely, but you've got an open guy. Um, but other than that, it's just sort of a crowd. Um, and then you're, it's also just fighting against knowing where you are, <laughs> like you were saying, Mike. Defense turns out to be the biggest problem, maybe not just in NES basketball games, but in sports games in general on the NES. And I don't think anything's really being solved here that, you know, like I was like, oh, yeah, defense feels great in this game. The options they give you for defense, though, uh, both a a, like standing block and a jumping block. I don't know. They felt more responsive than I was expecting for this kind of game. I wasn't. I wasn't able to pull off steals as often as I would have liked or, um, you know, block shots successfully, but it felt responsive and it felt like I understood what those actions were meant to do. And that's not high praise or anything, but in a lot of these basketball games, it does kind of feel like you're just mashing the button while you're next to the player and hoping that you steal the ball. Whereas this one felt like it was showing me what I needed to do a little more clearly. So I'll give it that kind of praise. Yeah, I, I agree. Uh, whereas I, f- I feel in other games, like there's a lot more stickiness to defensive inputs, um, where you, like you, your timing has to be impeccable and you don't really know what the timing is. Um, whereas when you press the defensive posture button, um, it immediately does it. It doesn't matter if you've got another input pressed or not. Um, so that's good, but I I had like maybe a one in ten success rate when trying to steal, whereas I feel like the CPU had a much higher success rate. Um, but when it comes to the jump block, I feel like the only instance where that was ever taken into account was when you're rushing to the net to defend against like a uh, like a layup or a or a dunk. Like if you're jump blocking at the moment. Uh, the CPU is uh, tossing up like a three-pointer. Like, there's no way you're interacting with that. It's not. You're not gonna steal it out of the air. You're not gonna block it from uh, from that three-point line. It's gonna either make it into the net or bounce off the backboard. Like, you just. You know what I mean? Like, there, there's there's very limited interaction from what I experienced. Yeah, I sometimes I feel like. I feel like uh, it seems like you should be blocking it. Like, like it feels like the ball goes right through you sometimes when you're trying to block. And, you know, on the opposite side on shooting, um, I guess first talk about the slam dunk since we were saying that's the uh, 
maybe the most used path to scoring in this game. Uh, the coolest part, obviously, are the slam dunk animations, but when you play the NES chronologically like we do, it's kind of a, a tired trick at this point. A lot of basketball games seem to do this uh, zoom in on the slam dunk, and what was once maybe a, a neat novelty is now like, am I supposed to be going back to the old games and seeing like who did the cutscene better? <laughs> yeah. Like who who made it cooler? Like because I I don't really care. Um, it's nice. Uh, I don't. I actually feel like. It's the other thing that disrupts pace of play in this game. Um, granted, there's animation on it, right? And uh, there is both a a win and fail state for your slam dunk. There is a chance that it won't go in, so that's nice. It's not a guaranteed... There's two win states, actually. Oh, okay. Well, like two win animations, you know? There's one where where there's someone attempting to block and failing. One where there's no one there, and then there's one where someone actually blocks. Yes. Right, okay, that makes... Yes, that's true. Um, I guess my, my point being that, you know, it's nice that they're animated and that they show what might have been happening on the action on screen, but it just disrupts the, uh, you know, and this is, this is crazy. This is what I was talking about with pace of play. This game moves very quickly, but spends most of its time in pause modes between cutscene animations and fading in and fading out at the half court line. So that whenever you're actually doing anything, you're maybe doing conscious button actions for like two to three seconds before you're then like interrupted with either a fade out or a cutscene. Yeah. And, and then like, there'll be times where, uh, the computer opponent, if you're playing against the computer, uh, they'll cross the half court line and then whatever their code to, to advance to the net just gets broken for a second. And they'll just walk back and forth across, like across that line and I just kept, you know, taking defensive posture. I'll, I'll steal it eventually. No, they just, they break out event, like after a full 25 seconds. So a lot of it is waiting too for the computer just to score. <laughs> but it does feel satisfying when you block the slam dunk. Yeah. When that specific animation where that's, it's again taking you out of gameplay. When that happens, like that, that feels good. But I, I, it's more satisfying to me to actually steal within the actual game. Right, right. Um, and then the other thing I want to talk about: uh, offense, jump and shoot being the same button. Uh, I feel like this isn't the first game we've seen this in, but worth worth talking about. A is a dedicated pass button, so uh, if you press the B button to jump while you're on your arc right you must then push the b button again at a at a different point to launch the ball out of your hands and towards the net if you push the a button you will just wind up passing it instead uh if you don't do anything you're traveling so uh that's no good it takes like i feel like there's something that happens to you at the beginning of the game that you you probably just like notice and be like oh that's annoying You'll, you'll get better at not doing it but i wrote it in my show notes because it was something that happened to me pretty often early on in my gameplay uh, of all pro basketball. I'm not sure what they would have done though. Like a kind of does need to be the pass button. So if there is going to be a, a jump, it also needs to be the shoot, right? Like a can't be both pass and shoot. Well, this is actually one of the most, uh, in addition to the perspective, one of the most modern parts of this game. Like I, I never really thought about it as a jump and shoot button. I just thought of it as the shoot button. Um, because you, there should never be a point where you're shooting flat-footed. Uh, so in, in any modern basketball game, like you're going to start each time you want to shoot, 
you're going to jump first and then you're going to like have that second press for where you want to release. So that that felt more natural to me than I guess it did for you. Well, compared to I think I think it was a basketball game that I've talked about this before where it's like in an in a rudimentary compared to today's standards video game about basketball or some other sports too where it's like basketball particularly you're not aiming the ball so i always felt like at what point does it feel like it's your skill or it's just luck if the ball if the ball you know it's just one button press it's not like you hold it down to get a harder throw or anything like that so it's like at what point is it like do you have control over it's that timing and this yeah this made me feel that timing a lot more because it's like it made me feel like if if I if I made a shot, it was because I released the ball at the right moment at the at the at the right time in my jump. And if I missed, it felt like I didn't. And, and it always felt like there was a way I could have done it, and I and like I could have done it better. And if I played this enough, I would get the feel of it, just like you will in like in like any real sport. You get the feel of it. You kind of get the muscle memory. So like that felt. And I'm sure it's been the case in other games we've played too, but it felt a little more obvious here. No, I agree. Uh, because like uh, going back to how we've been describing, at least how it feels to uh, try to play defense, um, where you're, you see your input reflected on your player immediately, it, th- this seems like the most responsive in terms of just base controls basketball game that we've played. So that, that's where I think that that feeling comes from where it's actually starting to click. And there's a couple different options of, of play. There's the one-player tournament mode. There's a two-player match. There's um, versus. And then there's also a watch mode. Uh, you know, I'm always here for that. <laughs> Seems like sports games in on the NES almost all, like, must have a watch mode, which kind of makes sense, right? It's no different than watching sports on TV. You're just watching computers play now instead. I joke. Yeah, I joke. It's no different yeah. at all. <laughs> um, what I really wanted to get into about talking about these different modes is the the tournament component of the one player mode and how that's not really like they're not really building it to anything. And I I think they're crazy for expecting people to play. I can't remember if it's twenty four or thirty two rounds of oh, yeah. a tournament with only eight teams in an entire league. Anyway, especially when the teams don't like yeah the, they give the players different names but um they don't have different stats they're the same exact players on every single team and they might look like they're shorter than each other but height doesn't matter uh either so none of these like little quirks that they build into the teams matter from a gameplay perspective so it's just all um useless in the tournament mode uh essentially it's like a record keeping thing if you really wanted to have it but otherwise, you're better off uh, just going into uh, like a, an exhibition match. Yeah, I know that in the manual it says that each team has slightly different stats and each player on those teams has slightly different stats. But, I mean, I I didn't play enough to notice like they're, 
the, the differences must be very minute um, because they all seem to control the exact same way. Now, are you supposed to be able to know which player is which? <laughs> That's a good question. <laughs> I mean, are you supposed to be able to be like, oh, pass it to this guy because he's, you know, he's better at shooting? Like, how could you possibly know? Well, again, not, not comprehensive by any means. I didn't go into the game's code. But the one guy who decided to write um, a game FAQ, FAQ for all pro basketball says in his mind pretty definitively that the players don't matter at all and that you might as well just pick whatever team you want. So don't pick the slicks because they wind up being the same color as the court and very confusing. <laughs> wow, that was the problem all along. Yeah, I, I don't know. I just feel like they really only built a five on five exhibition basketball match thing here. They didn't they didn't really build anything else into this game. And there's only like two buttons that ever do anything. Uh obviously that's the same thing with any game because of the controller, but they only ever do jump or pass or um or jump block or you know hand block. Uh they, they, that's the whole game in a nutshell and they built it around that and then it's just like how long can you extend that on your own like how long can you draw that out the game doesn't do anything to ex- extend that lifespan yeah it, it really makes you makes me appreciate um the that hockey game that just had like those three um like archetypes like the the big bruiser the the small lanky guy and the middle whatever where it's just immediately apparent what kind of player they are and uh, that you, like it felt they felt different, um, whereas in this they all just look like different skins for the same operator. <laughs> Sean, you couldn't remember the game because it's literally just called Ice Hockey. Okay, just making yeah, sure that's the that's the game you're referring to, <laughs> um, which is not Blades of Steel, but both hockey games uh, very good in their own different rights. Did uh, uh, all pro basketball here? I don't know. I just feel like even our you know we had a lot of criticism about Jordan versus Bird and hoops. But at least they offered a lot of different modes and and mini games, if you will, uh, to to at least like have the the MSRP be worth it, right? Mm-hmm. Like you can't, you know, you can't just say like, yeah, we've created basketball on the NES because other people have already done that. So now, what else are you offering? Yeah, yeah, it's it is. Although there's not much to like extend the gameplay. I mean, they did try to add their flair to it. You know, they've got their like. They've got there's like a there's like sports news in between each um <laughs> in in between each play that like lets you that kind of gives you I guess I'm assuming the more you you play with this password and go through a season get like talks about your record I don't know how robust that can get other than saying like you won again you lost again I don't know if it says like but um but like they put a lot of effort into that it seems like and like the halftime show and stuff and it feels like maybe that could have been um. I don't know, work better used somewhere else. Sean posted a still of the sports news into the show chat, and <laughs> if you didn't tell me that it was from All Pro Basketball, I would think it was from some Famicom horror game that never or came like to Or like a creepypasta, yeah. Yeah, Kinda exactly. Scary. <laughs> uh, very scary, and um, who knows? You know, Who knows what they're going for there? I will say, the girl who does the reporting, one of the most realistic-looking <laughs> humans we've ever seen on the NES. Yeah, right. <laughs> Well, I mean, you know, the the dunking humans, uh, the human basketball men in this game also look very realistic. Human basketball men. That's what we call them. Yeah. They're referred to as such um, 
<laughs> in the uh, Encarta Encyclopedia. <laughs> Encarta. Joe, it's funny that you mentioned that this game has a style, though, because um, this game was published by Vic Takai, who we like to joke is just like a one-man operation. <laughs> His name is Vic, yeah, <laughs> and he just makes the games. But he only published this game. It was developed by Acom, and interestingly, they will make another basketball game on the NES, but not for Vic Takai. It will be for the American Sammy Corps, and we will play that game in Season 6, uh, 1990, as Ultimate Basketball. Will be interesting to see how uh, you know they, they change between publishers, if Acom will just deliver basically the same game under a different name and trick a different publisher into uh, publishing the same game, or if they'll be like, oh, well, these guys paid us more, so now we'll try, and we will create the Ultimate Basketball. <laughs> I look forward to it. I don't know. You just don't see that, right? Like, how many other developers stick to like making the same kind of game, but for two different publishers? I I want to say there's a wrestling thing in here. Uh, I, I think the uh, like in a very deep cut modern. I think the 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 um the developer for the WWE games like broke their connection to. 2K or whatever, whoever publishes that, and then made their own like off-brand. I don't know. Oh, that's it. Yeah, it sounds like a wrestling yeah. thing to happen. <laughs> yeah, it's part of the storyline. Like actually, that was, like, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right, that's all I have for all pro basketball. So, uh, in order to close out this episode, we have to do the essential games list. It's the only way to escape. Sean, your vote. Yeah, I mean the game is not great. Uh, I think there's some things that worked out well for it in terms of uh, the, the this the immediate control feel, but uh, there's enough like weird breaks in play and uh, bad visual design with red on red on red on red uh, that it, it's just not, it's not even the best basketball game on the NES, so it cannot be essential. Joe. Um, so I'm definitely saying there are more negatives than positives here, but I, I mean, I don't even think I need to get into, to all the negatives or positives for me, even if, even if everything else about this game was great, the fact that when you cross the center of the court, it, it, it shifts perspective in the way that we talk about, no matter what, what else this game does, like, that's all this game will be to me because like, I can't, not like I can't like get past it in like my opinion i can't get past it while playing it it throws me off every time it's very jarring i, I think that i think that if it, if they didn't do that this would definitely still not be essential but even this i could see that kind of mechanic ruining an essential game so not essential for a lot of reasons i don't think i have anything else to add um just listen to the uh previous 20 minutes of the show to understand why it's not on the essential games list so i'm just gonna vote no here um can you play the previous 20 yeah, minutes? I, here that's what so I was hoping. I was, through, I was thinking I could do that. And then I was like, eh, I don't know. It's, you know, it's kind of gutsy. Uh, but I bet, I bet some people would listen, right? You guys are dedicated. Yeah, just in case they forgot. Yeah. Well, they fell asleep. Right. Well, yeah. That, I mean, we, but then we're punishing the people who didn't fall asleep. <laughs> and we're going to continue to punish ourselves by playing through uh, the NES library. It seems like I'm saying that only because it's been so long. Since we've seen an essential game on this list, you have to go back to episode 207 for Fazanadu, where um, 
uh, was that? How, how we're on episode two thirty seven now, so that is crazy long. That is thirty games. That's the longest stretch by anyone's imagination, guys. Can anything break uh, the the mold at this point? Like, is anything gonna be an essential game before we get to the best of nineteen eighty nine? What's coming up? Thank you for asking, Joe. <laughs> yeah, we have um, our very next episode, Archon, The Light and the Dark, which, uh, you know, I pretend like I don't know what this is, but I, I was so curious I had to click on it. It seems to be a chess-like game. It's not chess by any stretch of the imagination, but somebody who made like their own chess-style boards with other chess pieces. and So it's chess too. Yeah, not yet. Not quite an eight by eight board, but um, you know, it definitely seems like a ripoff of chess. <laughs> uh, we'll see how that can be different. Maybe that's an essential game, or the Battle of Olympus. A lot of people have been talking about this on our uh, Discord, which you could be a member of at Patreon.com/slash Nostalgia. They've been saying that the Battle of Olympus might have a chance, and um, that is like a Adventure of Link Zelda Two style game. That that game didn't make it on the essential games list. I'm not sure why. The Battle of Olympus would, <laughs> but don't worry because I know episode 240 championship bowling will be the game. <laughs> True. And if you think we're just playing bad games on the NES, don't worry. We're also playing bad games on the Famicom. Uh, we just finished up for our Nostalgia Bite show. Again, part of that whole Patreon thing. You know the website, patreon.com slash nostalgia. You can join us for Nostalgia Bites. We just did Pac-Land and now kind of, you know, Breaking the bending the rules, breaking and bending the rules, if you will. Uh, we are doing the Portopia serial murder case as our next episode, and that is not a game. It's not even a game. Yeah. It's just a. It's just a case. <laughs> right. Yeah, we're we now a, a true case. crime <laughs> podcast. Thank you for joining. Right. Uh, no, it, this is a game that you can't play without knowing Japanese, but thankfully it has been translated. So we are going to try a fan translation ROM hack of the game thanks to the romhacking.net community and we're going to play that and it seems really freaking cool uh it definitely seems like it's up Sean's alley at the very least so expect a very lengthy opinion from Sean on this game <laughs> and probably me and Joe as well cuz we all like to talk and talk and talk i mean we're almost going on 35 minutes or more of all pro basketball granted i'm not talking about all pro basketball now but i am talking about it now by mentioning that I'm not talking about it. 